Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumbacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, seekers of light and secret knowledge wherever you may be, you are listening to Points of Light Radio. The podcast dedicated to taking you past the apron and behind the closed doors of lodges everywhere. And here is your host, Stan Miller. Greetings, brothers and sisters. Shalom. Assalamu alaikum. Nistana. It's wonderful to be back here with you on Points of Light Radio and continuing our fellowship as we go along here. I'm really looking forward to this particular segment of Points of Light Radio because we're going to be following up on the September 30th segment where I investigated two defunct fraternal organizations. I want to tell you that 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 particular segment was so well received. I've decided to continue that journey by uh, shedding light on two more. Right, and I'm I'm not going to tell you what they are. I want you to continue watching. It's going to be interesting. Right, you will hear me uh, put forward some commentary on my own on these organizations. You can see I'm kind of excited here, right? But part of what we're going to try to do here is not just shed light on these ideas, but we're going to talk about what really what is fraternalism right and the two organizations you're gonna we're we're going to investigate here they were doing some of the right things here right now they they did make some they did make some obvious mistakes right and i'll let you have your commentary on those as well but i I really can't wait to get started here. I really can. I, I really want to get going here. And you can see I'm kind of excited. So uh, before I, before uh, we take our journey today, as always, I want to ask you, are you still thirsty for knowledge? Are you still searching for the light? Well, then you just trim your lamp and follow me. The first organization that we're going to try to shed some light on today is the Ancient Order of the United Workmen. Have you ever heard of them? There's their crest right there. Now, the Ancient Order of the United Workmen was a fraternal organization 
in the United States and Canada. They provided mutual social and financial support, and they were formed in 1868. Kind of interesting here again, like I keep saying, that what that golden age, it seemed to be, when, when lodges were being formed between 1850 and 1900, right? You can't help but notice that, right? The ancient order of the United Workmen were the first of all the fraternal benefit societies, and they would offer insurance as well as sickness, accident, death, and burial policies. The order was found by a gentleman named John Jordan Upchurch. And the name Workman was chosen as part of the new order's name because its purpose was to serve and attract men in the mechanical trades. However, only two years after the ancient order of United Workmen was formed, the order broadened its membership requirements to permit other occupations as well. So much like Freemasonry, right, begin to admit members from outside of the stonemason trades or the free gardeners begin to admit members who weren't in the gardening, uh, you know, career path. You know, the Ancient Order of United Workmen broadened their membership, only they did it much faster, shall we say, right, than the other, than those other orders I mentioned. Mr. Upchurch was a mechanic on the Atlantic and Great Western Railroad. He was living in Meadville, Pennsylvania at the time and had become dissatisfied with another lodge that he was a member of. Now, originally, Upchurch's idea was to have an order which would unite the conflicting interest of capital and labor. But it soon, he soon became more interested in bettering the working conditions for the membership and establishing an insurance fund. Probably, this was probably due to the fact that while working on the railroad, Upchurch had witnessed the destitution and distress that an untimely death could cause the families of his fellow railroad workers. Now, the ancient order of United Workmen prospered, and by 1880, they were, the order was the largest fraternal benefits society, and they'd have over 94,000 members across the United States. However, by 1895, many other groups had imitated the fraternal insurance concept. So this was an idea that caught on pretty quickly with other groups. Now, the ancient order of United Workmen ritual was secret. The square and compass and all seeing eye were organizational symbols, right? And this was probably due to the fact that Upchurch was a Freemason and he incorporated various traditions of Freemasonry, including local lodges, or as they called them, branches, as well as regalian initiation ceremonies. So it tells you, right? <laughs> it tells you that, you know, we have these grips, as you've heard it said here before in Points of Light Radio, we have these grips and passwords right, and secret symbolism in these orders to prevent people from, especially back in the earlier days of fraternalism, these were designed to kind of prevent people from sneaking in and copying the ritual work, but <laughs> the members of these lodges were the biggest perpetrators of imitation because they often left, or if they didn't leave, they often went off and formed their own fraternal orders, so, right? 
But the Ancient Order of United Workmen worked four degrees at their inception, but by 1871, the ritual work was revised and they only worked three degrees. Now, I've been unable to find out whether these degrees had names or what the names of them or what the names might have been. It is not uncommon in a lot of these organizations or many of them to not have names like apprentice and journeyman and stuff for these degrees. So, right. But the Bible, as in masonry, was also an important symbol within the Ancient Order of United Workmen. Now, the Ancient Order of United Workmen revised the ritual work a number of times, and every revision sought to take into account the changes adopted by society as a whole. So the ritual and the order's objectives would be in harmony. You know, they aim to keep it in harmony with changes in society. Now, here's the thing, the religious qualities of the ritual were deleted from the revision in 1932. Now, why do you think that was? Okay, was secularism already creeping into society and into the lodges at that point? I don't know, right? Now, as I've gone along here as well, you've seen, uh, you know, you've seen me bring in some of the symbols and, and, and so on, and even a certificate. I mean, they, they were quite, you know, they, they, they really did use a lot of symbolism, right? Now, the watchwords of the Ancient Order of United Workmen are were charity, hope, and protection. Now, the order, because of its, its insurance, had always taken great pride in the latter watchword, so in protection, right? Because they were the pioneer in fraternal insurance and they provided protection to their members as well as, as to their widows and the orphans. And this, they, they did this in a novel and distinctive manner, let's never forget. The Ancient Order of United Workmen discontinued its Supreme Lodge structure by 1929 a Congress was established in place of the Supreme Authority, and in 1952, the Ancient Order of United Workmen dissolved or merged with various state societies. Washington is rumored to be the only state where the Ancient Order of United Workmen continued to exist at that point. Right here you have some pictures of some of the, their larger meetings and outside the halls and I mean, they were quite a large and powerful group by the late 1800s, 1800s, right? And I, as I've often say, I have only encapsulated here. I mean, this is another group. It's very hard to find a whole lot of uh, information on them. But it sounds like, is it just me? Or did this organize, you know, was this organization more concerned with fraternal benefits than with the conference of degrees? Now. There's not a whole lot wrong with that, shall we say, but uh, could it have led to their downfall? I mean, we you can't forget that you have the ritual work. I, you know, it's wonderful to provide insurance and things like that, but at the end of the day, you can't forget about the ritual work. I mean, 
and I, I, I think this goes back to some of the organizations I've covered here that are, that are around even today have taken out their ritual work. And the ritual work, no matter what anyone thinks, that's part of why people join these organizations, okay? And it has a lot more meaning than a lot of people think, right? It really does. Right? You, you, you need the grips, the passwords, you need the symbolism, right? It all has a lot more meaning than people think it does, right? I, I, I personally, that, that you want to hear my opinion, I think that is part of the reason for their downfall. Okay, you can't take those things away. It's part of why people join, right? <laughs> I, and it, obviously, it either has meaning or it doesn't. And I, thought, I have a funny feeling that per perhaps it didn't mean as much to the, to the leadership as it should have, right? right? But like I said, they, the Ancient Order of United Workmen, there was, there's a lot of history that you've seen here. Right, and they did a tremendous amount of good work. Right, and as I've often asked you when I, when we discuss these defunct societies, are they an organization? Do you think they're worth reviving? Right, let me know how you feel. Check the oil in your lamps, brothers and sisters. Trim them if you need to. Let's move on. The next organization that I'm going to cover here in this particular segment of Points of Light Radio is the Knights of the Maccabees. Now I know you're going to tell me that I've covered this organization in previous segments, and I have. On March 11th, I interviewed a gentleman named Aaron Rasmussen Bates, who was trying to revive the order or a version of the order um, in California. And... Uh, you know, that's a, that was a great segment of Points of Light Radio. And I did tell you I wanted at the end of that particular segment that I wanted to revisit them. And today we're revisiting them only where we are covering the uh, history of the Knights of the Maccabees, right? And uh, as I said in the, the last time we discussed point, the Knights of the Maccabees, I'm frankly amazed at the history of this organization. Right. The Knights of the Maccabees was founded in London, Ontario in 1878 by members of the Order of the Foresters. Now, there's a group that we will try to visit later on at some point in, with Points of Light Radio, because there again, they were another organization that had some that was quite interesting. But the Knights of the Maccabees based their name and ceremonies and rituals on the Maccabees. Now, this was a group of Jewish rebels that fought against the Seleucid empires and their exploits are described in the book of the Maccabees. The motto of the Knights of the Maccabees was the Latin phrase Astra, Castra, Numen, Lumen. And that means the stars, my camp, the deity and my light. OK, you Latin scholars, go ahead, start correcting me now. OK. <laughs> But I, I do love, as, as I've said before, I do love the uh, that motto, the stars, my camp, the deity in my life. The Knights of the Maccabees was structured on a three-tiered model. 
they had local subordinate camps, great camps, and the district level and the whole considered their supreme tent or Grand Lodge. I would think that's what they meant by that. By the 1970s, the local groups were called subordinate units. The head offices were traditionally in Detroit, but by 1965, they were moved to Southfield, Michigan. The local lodges were called tents. And the, the uh, order worked a three degree structure. The first degree was the order of protection. The second degree was the order of friendship. And the third degree was the order of the degree of loyalty. Now, right, there was an elaborate ceremony for each degree. Now, I would have loved, this is one organization, like I said, I would, if I was around at the time, I would probably try to join it because I, there again, I love some of this ritual work and they were amazing. Like I said, an elaborate ceremony. Now, first of all, with the degree of protection in this degree, the candidate was introduced to the demands of honor, courage, and obedience. The candidate learned the history of the Maccabee household and how it protected Judea from King Antiochus during the War of Independence. To prove themselves fit to join the, in the cause of humanity, the Tyros, or Initians had to undergo an ordeal. It'd be interesting to know what that ordeal would took the like <laughs> how they made them uh, undergo what what kind of an ordeal they had to go undergo. I'd love to. I'd <laughs> be interesting. <laughs> now the degree of friendship. Okay, in the degree of friendship, the commander takes or the. Uh, master of the lodge, shall we say, takes the part of Matthias, the lieutenant commander or deputy master takes the part of Judas, the past commander takes the part of John, the son of Matthias, and the chaplain takes the part of Eleazar, or son of Matthias. The candidate received instruction in the nature of friendship. Now, that's interesting. Now, this is the big one, the degree of loyalty. And I imagine like with uh, most other uh, organizations that practice any type of esoteric work, the third degree was probably what made you. And the third degree or the degree of loyalty, uh, in, you know, the dramatic work in it, this particular uh, degree revolved around the following characters, Apelle, Matthias, Matthias's four sons, Judas, soldiers and the candidates sentinel and knight took the parts of jewish peasants in keeping with the maccabee legend of the revolt at moden the patriarch matthias remained steadfast to the jewish religion when he was ordered to make sacrifice to greek gods and at great personal risk stops the apostate jew from offering sacrifice to false gods now, the lesson derived from his example was that of genuine patriotism, and it instills the duty to uphold and defend the rights of liberty and conscience when they are threatened by irresponsible power in any form. Additionally, the candidate was reintroduced to the ghost of Eliezer and finally sees the end of the rebellion. That one that sounds like that, that really, right? 
you can't tell me that there weren't Masons and other organizations involved in that because that the, the telling a story, right, is a big part of fraternal of of most of the esoteric fraternal work, right? And I, I I would love to have been there for those degrees. I really would. I mean, if you if you do appreciate any of the more esoteric or ritual work in in uh, in degrees, you you would understand those are be- those sound like very beautiful degrees. They really do. Very dynamic as well, right? And uh, they not only good degrees not only give in good degree work you don't just get a degree you get a lesson and a lesson that can oftentimes oftentimes it's a life lesson not not just something you're going to use in the lodge right you get a lesson for your life and uh these really sound like they they, they give you a lesson and, and i like that right but that's just me that's just me right but moving on, the, the Knights of Malta grew rapidly in Canada and several U.S. states. They reached 10,000 members by 1880. And by 1920, the Ladies Auxiliary, or the Ladies of the Maccabees, claimed more than 200,000 members. However, over the course of the 1900s, the Knights of Maccabees lost members and ceased to exist as a fraternal order. In recent years, there have been efforts to resurrect the order, as you saw in a previous segment of Points of Light Radio. Right. And, is it, and does it sound like this organization is worth reviving? Right. I personally, personally, I think it, it, it is. And like I said, maybe I'm a little too hung up on degrees as you've heard me over the course of this particular segment, but it would be, it would be wonderful to bring this and I, and, and maybe it's part of the Canadian bias coming in there too. Right. But yeah, I do think it is something that would be worth reviving. Right. But, uh, Reach out to me if you'd be interested in doing that. In the meantime, brothers and sisters, let's move on. There you have it, brothers and sisters. Two defunct fraternal orders. And, you know, some history there, as well as maybe some lessons, right? Now, what lessons could we glean from today's presentation? First of all, what does it mean? What does it all mean? Now, you heard me say that when the ancient order of United Workmen seemed to reduce the importance, at least this was what I got from it, reduce the importance of the ritual work and their esoteric work, right? and really made the insurance side of the organization so prevalent that when societal changes, right, um, social welfare programs and so on, began to play a much larger role in society, the insurance side of the Ancient Order of United Workmen they wouldn't their members wouldn't have needed it anymore but i really believe that if they placed larger emphasis on their ritual work on their degree system the members would have something 
to, shall we say, gravitate towards. Those secrets and those lessons that you get during the degree work are something, believe it or not, that binds the membership together almost as much as insurance does, okay? <laughs> prime, prime example, the, the, what you, the things you remember about it, like, like I said, with the uh, <laughs> Order of the Maccabees, the Tyros undergoing an ordeal. Now, <laughs> come on, some of you Freemasons, some of the Orangemen, don't tell me I didn't see some knowing smirks when I talked about that ordeal. I would love to know what it entailed. I really would, and I'm 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 very sure it was something that that Tyro or initiate they remembered that ordeal afterwards. I guarantee you, based on some of the things I've been through, right? But uh, yeah, I, I you know I want your opinion though. What do you think? Not just are these organizations worth reviving? What does it mean? Okay, is it more important? that these organizations do the great works, not just for their members, but also for society? Or do we, do we still need, I do know that a number of organizations that are around still no longer have a degree system. They're, they're taking their degrees out, okay? What do you think? Should we hold to the degrees, ritual work and so on? And secret work, or should we should we allow them to play a reduced importance, or do away with them altogether? I want to hear from you, right? And I'll I'll leave it there, right, brothers and sisters. Before I go, though, I want to remind you that this podcast is available on both YouTube and Spreaker. Please share, like, and subscribe when viewing Points of Light Radio on YouTube. I also welcome your comments and input, especially in this case, I want to see them, okay? You can follow Points of Light Radio on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Points of Light Radio. My Twitter handle is at PO Light Radio. You can see the link to my Spotify channel as well as my Points of Light Radio store. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> It's been a pleasure bringing you this work today. And until we meet again, you just step into the light.